Do your children scream at the top of their lungs when they aren't getting their way? Have tantrums over every little thing become the norm in your home? Is your eye twitching and you're typically at your wit's end by lunchtime? And that's on a good day. Well, then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, a really great way to do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. Have you ever noticed that when you encounter news stories or even advertisements in our world, you have to give your kids a disclaimer like, well, kids, I know they're saying that all is hopeless, but here's what we believe. Wouldn't it be nice if you could point them to a news source that would actually encourage them to see how God is working in our world today? Well, it is nice because there is such a news source. It's called World Watch. This is an engaging professional news show produced by Christian journalists, and it's designed specifically for kids. In just 10 minutes a day, you and your kids can stay up to date on the current headlines without the hopelessness and hysteria of most other news sources. My favorite part is that every episode ends with this reminder, whatever the news, the purpose of the Lord will stand. To find out more about World Watch, just go to worldwatch.news slash ginger to access a free episode. Again, that's worldwatch.news slash ginger. Well, hey there, Ginger. I'm really excited about today's episode because I imagine that parents who are currently dealing with this phase of parenting are about ready to scream and throw tantrums themselves. Uh, (laughs) Here's a quick, interesting fact. When my husband was in the military, he went through a POW training where they played an audio track of babies crying on constant loop. Why would they do that? Because it's one of the most stress-inducing sounds on earth. And... Training the brave men and women of our military using crying children will better prepare them if they ever become a prisoner of war. Think about that. Um, So this is no small issue in parenting because a screaming and tantruming child can cause so much stress in a parent. I know, Katie, it really can, which is why I don't know we've waited this long because we actually have a folder full of questions regarding this issue. In fact, we have so many that I had a hard time trying to decide which ones to choose to address on our show. Now, we have talked about infant tantrums back in March of 2022, uh, but we've had lots of questions about what to do when toddlers and even older kids scream and throw tantrums. And dealing with infants who aren't yet able to communicate is quite different from dealing with older kids who are. That's right. So listeners, if your little one's not able to communicate yet and they're screaming and throwing tantrums, we do encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 62, where we talked about evaluating consequences and infant tantrums. And as always, we'll have Heather put a link in the show notes for that. So Katie, like I said, we've had lots of questions about kids screaming and throwing tantrums. So how about you just read a couple of them just to set the stage for what we're going to talk about today? Sure. First one is from, I believe it is pronounced Ciara. 
in Florida, and she writes this. First, I would like to say thank you so much for starting this podcast. It is always so encouraging and convicting sometimes and humbling. We have been using the wise words for moms, and it has been so helpful. Even the kids use it with each other. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. My question today is, what or how to address a toddler who has recently decided to banshee scream when he doesn't get his way, (laughs) what he wants or doesn't like something, etc. We remind him to use a kind voice and not to scream, but we aren't sure what might be appropriate as far as discipline for this because it's not getting any better. Please help. Sincerely, I'm mommy whose ears are tired of ringing. That's great. <laughs> uh, another question came in from Julia in Kansas who writes this. I didn't mean to say Julia, but I <laughs> Julia writes this. My husband and I have two boys, ages five and three. We really struggle with our three-year-old. He screams very loudly and throws massive, sometimes hour-long tantrums when he doesn't get what he wants. We don't know how to discipline him anymore. How do we discipline him when he throws loud tantrums or hits and kicks us? How do I teach him to be angry and sin not? Mm. Well, Katie, as you were reading both of these questions, I noticed that there are four different outward behaviors listed Uh, But there is one common denominator. Whether kids are screaming, hitting, kicking, or falling out on the floor, throwing an hour-long tantrum in angry defiance to parental authority, they are reacting to the sin in their heart. Or as James 1.14 puts it, they are being dragged away and enticed by their own evil desires. And Mm. when that happens, they need our help. And that help doesn't come in the form of yelling or anger-driven punishment. In fact, responding in anger is returning evil with evil. Mm. It dishonors God and does not benefit anyone involved. Now, I know it's hard to not see red when a child is screaming and throwing a fit and lashing out with violent behavior. Those are the sort of behaviors that can quickly get under our skin. So uh, there's a huge temptation to allow anger to fill our hearts. But when we set aside ourselves and stop stewing over how their behavior is affecting us, our hearts will fill with compassion. It's when we look past ourselves that we'll see a child who is struggling with unbridled emotions and an enslaving addiction to sin. We'll see a child who desperately needs the rescuing help of Jesus. And that changes everything about the way we respond. Okay, so that was a good pep talk for adjusting our own attitudes. And that's where it begins, really, is adjusting our own thoughts and attitudes so we're not angry and resentful at our children before we even start to address what's going in their hearts. Um, But I know from experience that where we are and who sees the behaviors of my children can often affect how angry I become in that moment. Uh, Because in times like that, I'm more focused on my own embarrassment than helping my child with the sin in their hearts. My two favorite examples of this, Ginger, are when my oldest, who was actually a really well-behaved toddler for the most part, he chose the most inopportune times to have his tantrums. And I can only recall two of them, probably because they were just epic. Uh, The first one was at Buckingham Palace. What? He threw himself in the middle of that beautiful red carpet. I think it was even like a red carpet. He was kicking and screaming in the middle of Buckingham Palace. And we tease him that he had a literal royal fit. And the second one was at a bullfight in Spain. And everyone in the arena was supposed to be silent in this moment, which I didn't even know happened. I didn't know they did that in bullfights. But we got booed out of that bullfight, which is fine because we shouldn't have had our baby at a bullfight anyway. Um, 
But <laughs> And now we know that. But my point is that my mind was probably far more focused on covering his mouth to prevent my own embarrassment rather than thinking past that moment in time and how to best shepherd his heart for the future. You know, your mind doesn't instantly go there. So Ginger, what are some practical ways we can look past our own frustration or embarrassment so that we can train, instruct, and discipline our children when they're having a royal fit? Well, I think the first one is obvious, and that's to help the child calm down and gain self-control. Titus 2.12 teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Our goal as parents is to reach past the outward behavior and help our children evaluate their hearts and take ownership for sin. But oftentimes in situations where angry emotions are involved— it's totally necessary for them to calm down and gain that self-control first. I find that the parent's priority is really much like a fireman's. One of the primary goals of a fireman is to investigate the cause of the fire. But they can't do that until they put out the fire. And it's the same with parents. It's hard to investigate and address the heart issues when they're in the throes of a raging fit. So one way parents respond to foolishness with wisdom is by allowing time for the child to calm down. Proverbs 29, 11 says, fools give full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. Now, it's certainly easier to get them to calm down when we're home because we can just put them in a safe space, such as their room or a playpen, until they regain control of their emotions. Because what we don't want to do is to give a tantrum-throwing child an audience. If we're not there to watch it, the tantrum loses its appeal. The child will eventually realize that it's not going to be an effective means to manipulate the outcome they want. And that is the goal of a fit-throwing child, to manipulate the parent's response. Though I'm sure there are those parents who could say that their child is the marathon runner of tantrum throwers. Uh, They have endurance for hours. And I really feel for those people and just want to encourage you that God can use that endurance for good one day. (laughs) So just be encouraged. Uh, But Ginger, what about the child who throws or damages things when they're in the fit of rage? And the last thing mom wants to do or add to the mix is an afternoon of cleaning the child's room or repairing holes in the sheetrock. (laughs) Yeah. Well, then the playpen with no toys would definitely be the better option. But that reminds me of a friend of mine whose daughter didn't actually start throwing tantrums until she was too old and too big for a playpen. Mm. My friend said she would literally destroy her entire room if left alone during one of her tantrums. So this mom couldn't leave her child alone. Makes me think about Proverbs 25, 28, which says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. A city with broken walls is a city in destruction. It's a city in ruin, which is Pretty much how this mom described her daughter's room after one of her fits, not to mention the destructive sin that was wreaking havoc in her heart. Oh, wow. So how did she handle that? Because I I imagine there are parents who are dealing with that exact Mm -hmm. situation. So how did she handle it? She said that the only way she could help her daughter calm down in a safe way was by forcefully sitting her daughter in her lap, facing outward. Then she would wrap her legs and her arms firmly around her daughter, not hurting her, of course, but tight enough to hold her daughter in place until she gained control of her body and calmed down. Her daughter was so out of control that she was a danger to herself and others, and they 
sure didn't want their daughters destroying all the things in the house. So this mom had to make the tantrums an issue of submission. And while it was physically exhausting and emotionally draining, she didn't give in until her daughter gained self-control. And then once her daughter did submit and calm down, then mom was able to discipline and instruct. And my friend uh, was consistent in handling it this way every single time. And it wasn't an overnight change, but it eventually paid off in teaching her daughter to respond to instruction and angry emotions with self-control. Julia, you ask what to do when your son is so angry that he's hitting and kicking you. When kids are violent and destructive like that, I just don't see anything wrong with holding them in place until they gain self-control for everyone's protection. Also, we did an episode on when kids are angry and when kids hit parents, which had lots of biblical insights and practical help in those as well. So we'll put links to those episodes in the show notes. Yeah, and let me just say that I realize removing the tantrum-throwing child from the situation, or in extreme cases like the one I just mentioned, having to protect them with physical restraint until they calm down, is much more difficult when out in public. Right. Uh, And that's exactly what I was about to ask, Ginger. What can a parent do when the child is totally out of control, you know, in the middle of Buckingham Palace? (laughs) Well, Katie, I utilized our car as a safe space for meltdowns. Mm. There were times when I left a full cart of groceries in the grocery store or a full plate of hot food in a restaurant to go and discipline and instruct my kids in the privacy of our car. And I just apologize to the clerk or the server and assure them that I'd be back as soon as I could because the hearts of my kids were more important than the inconvenience. Inconveniencing ourselves in these moments, it's not fun. But in the grand scheme of things, it's necessary for children to understand early on that the standard for obeying mom and dad's authority never changes and that there are consequences for defiance no matter where they are. My kids only tested the waters in public a handful of times because I was willing to be inconvenienced in order for them to learn that there's no escaping the law of the harvest. They were going to reap what they sowed in public just as surely as they did at home. And just as a side note, I highly recommend driving to the back of the parking lot for privacy. (laughs) Once they're calm, then we're able to address the real problem, the sin behind their rebellion. And, you know, it's not their rebellion against us that should concern us most. It's their rebellion against God. When children disobey us, they are ultimately disobeying God. So what do we do? We take them to the cross, which reveals sin as their greatest problem and Jesus as their only solution. At the cross, they see the punishment they deserve and the grace they're offered. At the cross, they find Jesus, who is their only hope for forgiveness and change. So yes, we take them to the car, but we don't leave them in the parking lot. The parking lot is just the pit stop to the final destination where they'll find the redemption and transforming power of of Christ. You know, we can whip out our wise words for mom's chart and quote scripture to them all day, and we can take practical steps to help them manage their anger and attain self-control, but that's not our ultimate goal. Self-generated self-control doesn't make sinners right with God. So what our children need most is to know their Savior and that true change flows out of a relationship with Him. Wise Words for Moms is a handy tool for asking heart-probing questions to help children take ownership for the sin in their hearts, and it's a helpful guide for referencing Bible verses to address their specific struggles. But if we aren't taking them to the cross, we're missing it. 
Because without the cross as the reference point, they have no hope for lasting genuine change. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, like you said, Ginger, the whole purpose of asking heart-probing questions is to help them see past their own outward behavior to the sin in their hearts. Our ultimate goal as Christian parents should be to help our children see their need for Jesus. So once the child has gained self-control and it's time for discussion, what might that conversation look like and what are some heart-probing questions a parent could ask? Unbridled anger and defiance are the issues we want to address. So a parent might start with simple questions such as, sweetheart, I understand that you're angry, but when you scream, are you obeying or disobeying with your attitude? Did throwing a tantrum make things better? When you hit mom and dad, are you showing respect for us and honoring God? No, honey, you're not. We all get angry sometimes. But the Bible says that in our anger, we must not sin. And, you know, I get sinfully angry at times, too. So what I do is I go to Jesus and I ask for his forgiveness and help. And you can, too. Let's talk to Jesus about your anger and ask him to help you respond to it in ways that will bring peace to our relationship and honor to God. And be sure to always take them to the Word of God and show them the wonderful truths that are there. Sweetheart, we're told here in Proverbs 29, 11, that it's foolish for us to give full vent to our anger. And here in James 1, 20, we're told that human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Ginger, a couple of verses you also list on your chart under defiance, which is what children are to put off, are Proverbs 12, 1 and Proverbs 21, 29, with the suggestion to warn the child it is wicked for you to harden your face and foolish for you to despise instruction. And then you list submission for what they are to put on with encouragement from Proverbs 10.8 and Proverbs 15.13, which you summarize as a wise heart accepts command and a happy heart makes the face cheerful. Ginger, one quick thing that just came to my heart as we're having this conversation, because I've seen it play out in my own parenting in moments, and I've seen it time and time again with increasing frequency. But when children are on the verge of a tantrum or even full-blown, I often see parents hand them a device uh, Mm. to pacify what's going on. And all the things you just discussed, you know, taking them to the car, taking them to a quiet place, having that conversation gets lost completely when the tantrum ends and the child is given the device. So it is a huge inconvenience to do exactly what you just described. But what is the trade-off when we hand them a device and say, here, satisfy that desire for entertainment. I mean, think about what we're trading. We're trading entertainment for lasting, hopefully heart change. I just, I'm burdened for parents um, who are in that situation because I've been there Mm -hmm. and the temptation is very real to hand them that device to just 
make it stop. But my encouragement is please don't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please take the time and, and and do it this way. So that's right. To, because when when we don't, it's missed opportunities. Oh, so, to point them to Jesus. Yeah. So many. And I get it. You know, you're in the middle of Target. All I wanted to do was buy a bunch of stuff I didn't really need anyway. But please, you know, just take the time to go to the car and do it that way. It's the the long-term benefits of that are so much greater than the temporary peace you get by stopping the tantrum midstream. Mm-hmm. Ginger, something else we've often encouraged parents to do on our podcast is to help their children think before they react You know, as parents, we know what triggers anger in our children, and we're often able to discern when a tantrum is just over the horizon. So instead of giving them that iPad or your phone, um, Ginger, let's give a scenario, and you can walk us through how a parent might help a child reconsider throwing a fit before it happens. Yes, because it is so helpful to encourage our children to do the right thing before they go down a wrong path. Mm -hmm. So when we get that feeling that the answer or the instructions that we're about to give will likely trigger an angry, out-of-control response, we can help prepare our children to respond wisely. All right. So yeah, you're right. Our listeners love scenarios. So let's say that mom sets little Tiffany's cereal on the table in front of her, and it's in a blue bowl. Like Tiffany Blue. Did you do that on purpose? I didn't even think about like that. Like Tiffany, the company. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's probably what was going through my head. This so is mom, a, a very expensive bowl, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So mom puts the blue bowl in front of Tiffany and Tiffany whines, but I want the pink bowl. That's a telltale sign that things are probably about to go downhill because mom has experienced it many times before. Mom also knows from past experiences that ignoring Tiffany or trying to reason with her will likely only escalate the whining into screaming or even worse, a full-blown tantrum. Not a fun way to start the morning. Mm. <laughs> but again, it's all about opportunity, seeing these as these moments as opportunities. And we can prepare, we can take that time to prepare little Tiffany for the battle that she's about to step into. Think about it. We don't send our military soldiers to the battlefield without telling them what to expect and offering them a strategy and equipping them with weapons to fight off the enemy. So why would we do that with our children who are in the greatest battle of all? The battle our children are facing Facing, according to Ephesians 6, 12, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, we offer little Tiffany a battle strategy, and we equip her with a sword of truth to fight off temptation and the forces of evil that threaten to bring her harm. So before things uh, really go downhill, we might say something like, sweetheart, You know, it seems like there's a battle going on in your heart right now. God's word says that children are to obey their parents. Mommy is telling you to eat your cereal from the blue expensive Tiffany bowl this morning. (laughs) Are you going to choose to obey or disobey mommy? Okay. And so what if little Tiffany ditches the sword of truth and throws her expensive blue bowl across the room? Well, Katie, then she's choosing to disobey, which means she's choosing a consequence. By giving clear instructions and presenting this choice, what mom has done here is she's removed the gray area that tends to cause confusion. It's when we don't take time to give clear instructions that we second-guess disobedience and consequences. So we should remove the shadow of doubt by giving clear and direct marching orders to our little soldiers. 
And this is where our listeners will ask, what consequences should we use when they choose to disobey? So stay tuned until the end of the show, and we'll tell you how you can get a discount on a really great resource to learn all about the proper use of biblical consequences. And what that resource won't tell you, that is just my little quick tip right here, right now, is only buy white everything. White bowls, white cups. <laughs> yeah, Don't buy tip. any colorful bowls. Mm. Just do yourself a favor. <laughs> Good Just tip. kidding. That's not at all what you were trying to <laughs> teach our right, listeners. Katie, that is actually avoiding <laughs> the opportunities that we're looking for. Now, certainly, we don't want to we don't want to tempt our kids, but we don't want to sure. look for ways to avoid having those moments to train them. Okay, y'all listen to Ginger. Don't listen to me. <laughs> now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents, an actual good quick tip. And today's quick tip is courtesy of Taylor in South Carolina, and she writes this. Have you ever baked lasagna and had the foil you cover it with stick to the top layer of cheese? My quick tip is to spray the foil with cooking spray so that the cheese doesn't stick to it when it bakes in the oven. Mm. She says, not groundbreaking information, but it's the little things in life. Your podcast has given me such great practical advice for raising my four-year-old, two-year-old, and seven-month-old. And I love how you always back it up with scripture. Thank you. Mm. Well, thank you for that encouragement. We are glad you're finding it helpful. If you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash quick tips to submit those. All right, Ginger, can you leave us with a final word of encouragement for those parents who are dealing with screaming and tantrums on a regular basis? When our children push our buttons... Let's look past the temporal effects their outward behavior is having on us and consider the internal effects unconfessed sin will have on them. Let's take them to the cross where they will find the atoning grace of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Ginger. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit it at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, as promised, we're offering a 10% discount on her audio series called Reaching the Heart of Your Child, which is available in CD format or as a digital download. This three-session series is based on the content of Ginger's best-selling parenting book, Don't Make Me Count to Three, and it addresses topics like how to reach the heart of your child, how to give a biblical reproof, and the biblical use of the rod. The digital download is perfect for our wonderful international listeners because there are no shipping costs. And if you enter the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com, you can get 10% off. If your church might be interested in hosting Ginger and me for a women's event or bringing in Ginger for a parenting conference, please fill out the contact form at gingerhubbard.com and we'll get back to you with more information. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. So, okay, Ginger, something else we've encouraged parents to do on our podcast is to help their chairs. I don't know. Well, maybe we're going to help chairs today we're help instead them. of kids. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> chairs over children. Talk yeah. about priorities. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being you. Being you. We look forward to being we, we you. We would rather be you than yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah.